Alright, you're here with us? Yeah. Alright. I'll put you down then. Alright, let's go. Uh, we are holding in uh, on Tezayin. We were talking about the idea of Oisios being a concealer, that it conceals over the Chachma, and that we were talking about over there and the concept that... Um, that as much as osios are, on the one hand, communicating and expressing, right, on the other hand, uh, they are hiding. And to the extent that in order to really understand the osios, you have to have prior knowledge. Um, and we gave the example of a child who could read um, perfectly, could read uh, Hebrew, read English, whatever it is, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to understand the material that's being written about. Right? So you could have a person, they understand, they're able to read every word of the actual Hebrew letters, but they look at the Gemara and they don't understand anything. So they're reading it out loud, but uh, what do they understand? Nothing. Right? So that's an idea that is expressing how it's true that you're able to communicate through letters. On the other hand, the letters are really uh, actually uh, um, acting as a, as a concealment. Let's go back and read that sentence again. Uh, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down from the top uh, at the end of the sentence, uh, uh, end of the line. V'kamo al derech mashal ba'adam. It says like this: V'kamo al derech mashal ba'adam. Ine osios adibor him kelim haseichel ba'amidos. The osios adibor are the kelim for the seichel ba'amidos. Okay. Shehim nimshachim mislabshim bo because the seichel ba'amidos are able to be drawn down. And they're mislabish into the keli. But on the other hand, as much as they are there to express it, they really are concealing over the seichel, which is inside of them. Right? And hides over them inside. And here's the example that I just gave. A child, even though a child could understand every single letter and every single word, and not only that, he could read them very well, right? In other words, he's very good at reading, right? What? is good. On the other hand, he could, he, you could say about the child, he doesn't understand what it is that they're talking about. Right? What does he doesn't understand? In other words, as much as the Haskalah is inside of the Oisius, right, he is not understanding it. Only someone who's a Chacham from before, then he's going to be the one that understands through the Oisius. But you can't expect the child, right, to read through, let's say, Samach Vav, and he's able to read all the Oisias, he's not understanding a word that he's talking about. Neither do we. Neither do we. Nah, don't say that. Aval Mahus Oisias, about the actual letters themselves, Atzmam, who begins Helem Legabe Mahus Midos. So, as much as they're an expression of it, in comparison to the actual essence of the Seichel, or the essence of the Midos, the Oisias are, in fact, acting are, in fact, acting as a helm, as a concealment. Okay? Right. Okay, we did this all last time. Now, new, new section. So now, we're going to go. Kamokain, obviously, is going to the Nimshol. So let's understand Oisius the Malchus. Because remember, Malchus is, is compared to Oisius, to speech. They are concealing over and hiding over the Chabad 
and the Midas of Atzilus, Hamislabshim Bedibar Ha'elyon, which are enclosed within the Dibar Ha'elyon. Yeah? Sheloyiz Galek Chlal Bebriya. So he's saying, what? That obviously Malchus is coming down into Bria. When Malchus comes down into Bria, though, however, you can't say that they are revealing, right, that which came before it. Remember, Malchus is coming as a, as a final step, right? After all the intellect and the midos of Atzilus are expressed, right, they come into Malchus, they limit themselves in Malchus, right? And then Malchus then goes down into Bria, comes down to, to the, so to speak, the other, However, you can't say that the Chachma or the Midos, right, the Seichel, the Midos of Atzilus are actually coming down. They're not, right? It's not being Mizgalit. So what is being Mizgalit? Because obviously something is happening. So what's happening is that there is a Ha'ara, there is a ray from the intellect and the Midos that is coming down, right, into Bria. And that's what Bria is receiving because that's all Bria can understand. Go back to our our mashal. <coughs> when, when the Rebbe is saying, or let's say writing a mimer, or let's say saying a mimer, right? Clearly, the words, he needs words in order to express. If he doesn't have words, there's nothing to talk about. There's no communication whatsoever. But those words are not really the etzim of the Rebbe's intellect or the etzim of the Rebbe's emotions. But what we are receiving is a very small ha'ara, a very small ray of what it's coming from. Whenever you speak to someone else, you can have an idea in your head, and your biggest challenge is, how do I get this idea over to the next person that he should be able to understand? The whole art of communication, right? In other words, you have to, first of all, recognize that he's not coming from the same place as you. So you have to figure out, what words am I going to use to be able to get him onto the same wavelength as me? And sometimes the words that you use, right, are very different from the intellect that you have in your head. Because you have to somehow get him to a place that he's able to understand where it is that you're coming from. Once you can get him to listen, then you can work. That's why Bechlal, uh, I remember in, in yeshiva, my uh, rabbi always used to say, don't ask questions. First, just listen. Listen, 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 listen. Then after you listen for a while, then you could digest what is being said, and then you could ask a question. But if you're asking questions before the person, the teacher is even teaching the subject, it shows that you're not even, you're not even allowing the information to come in. There's nothing there because you're like a full cup. So immediately, as soon as something comes off, like a, you know, if you have like a, a lake, right, and you throw a rock into a lake, what happens is the, the, the rock hits the water, and then all of a sudden it changes its velocity and like starts going down to the bottom of the lake. But if you have a piece of ice on the top of the lake, you're going to throw the rock, it's just going to bounce off and it's going to slide across the top of the lake. There's nothing, you can't, you, it's, it's not going to penetrate. It's impossible, right? That's what happens. The same thing here. The, whoever the teacher is, whoever the person that you are communicating to, you have to figure out what words am I going to be able to use to be able to bring out this concept in a way that they're going to be able to macabre the concept. By definition, it's so far away from what you have in your brain. Because you have to somehow put your brain on someone else's shoulders, and you can't. So there's, that's why you have like a, the art of negotiation, for example, if a person that's learning business. is to figure out how am I going to 
explain to this person why he needs to buy this item or why this item is not a good thing to buy. But they're coming at it from a different mindset. So you have to like, what, what words am I going to use? What, what, how am I going to explain, explain it? How am I going to express it? It's all a matter of an, it's almost like an art form. That's really what it is. So at the end of the day, those words are, are very much a, uh, a concealment over the intellect that I have in my mind. Because the idea of words is that you're trying to bring pers- a person to a different place. By definition, therefore, it's a ha'ara. It's a ray. It's not the actual intellect itself. It's a ha'ara. And even if you really get it to the point that you've really been able to express yourself, and he really is able to macabre the information, if he only sticks with the, the, the words that you have told him, he's never going to get that idea. He then has to build in his own mind. He has to take that ray and then he has to build upon it. And he has to understand, okay, what does this really mean? I get it in this level, but that's really not the level that he, the teacher wants to teach me. The teacher wants me to have this great idea. It's like I often have, a, I, I, sometimes in this, this class, I'll take like, a, if you have a big circle, right? And you have to like sort of bring it down into like a little, like in a cone, into like a little point, like a little ball on the bottom. That little ball is all the other person hears. But you don't want the person to stick with that little ball. You want the person to understand that this ball is representative of a huge cone that's going to go up to a huge ball on the top. That's the objective of communication. Not that they should be able to understand. This is why, for example, when we were bringing before in the Mimer, when Mashiach comes, we're going to all learn in a different way. We're going to learn in a way of seeing. Seeing is a different story. If you see a picture, you get the picture. You get what's happening. You don't have to, you don't have to use as much um, brain power to infer what does he really mean. You see it. You see it in front of your eyes. You see, okay, every fish at Scotia has to have skin and, you know, fins and scales. So you take out a fish. Oh, okay, this is it. Right, here's the fish. Here's the fins. Here's the scales. Try to explain to someone what's fins and scales. What does it mean? Right? So if a child, if someone never saw a fish before, or they saw a fish, but they never really studied it, what is it? You have to understand what, 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 what it is that you're looking at. You're explaining it. You use this word, you use that word. You use now imagine you just took out a fish and you say, okay, look, here's a fish with scales. You see the way the scales look? Now here's a shark. You see how the shark does not have any scales on it? That's the difference. Okay? You don't have to say anything else. He gets it. It's very clear. Imagine how many words you have to explain to a child to explain what is the difference between a fish with scales, if they never really focused on what a scale is, to a fish without scales. What does that mean? What does it look like? How are you going to explain what a scale is? Right? Very hard. That's why it's a ha'ara. And therefore, going back to the nimshal, what's coming down into Bria from Malchus of Atzilus, by definition, has to be a ha'ara. It has to be a ray. Because it's limited. It's the same idea as speech. right? Right? That is not able to be revealed at all in Bria. It's only a small ha'ara, very small ha'ara. And similarly, right? The Bria. So in the same way, right, so now we brought one marshal, we went to the nimshal, and now we're going to go to a second nimshal. When we're going back to Gan Eden, even Gan Eden Ha'elyon. What's the last word? 
Elyon, right? Even Ganeden Elyon, which is in Bria, right? So even though it's such a high level, on the one hand, for sure, right? Like we said earlier from Zoya, the Ema Ilah, that's Bina, right? Ilah from Atzilus is Mekanana, is nesting, Bekorsaya in the throne, right? Means it's going down, right? When you sit down, you sit down, you lower yourself, right? Right? Yeah, this is what we're talking about, yeah. Right, this is the Nahar that's coming out from Aden. This is the idea that we were talking about originally. Remember, if you remember back, right, you guys are probably doing a lot of Chazara, Baruch Hashem. But if you remember back, we were talking about the idea of how, how, however high you're going to go in the list of souls, right, that are up in the upper worlds, none of them have seen Aden. They've all seen what? The highest levels of Gan Aden, but it's not Aden. Because it's not the same thing. It's a ha'ara. It's a ray. So nahar is like the level of machshava, right? This should probably be a comma in there, right? Instead, it's flowing constantly. What does that mean? That a machshava is not what? The same idea. That's what we're trying to bring out. It's like it's coming down. It's lowering it down. It's all the same uh, concept. Right? It's eno nacha v'shoketes. Right? A river never relaxes. It never stops. It never just rests for a while. V'nimshaches tamid. It's constantly moving. They put a comma over here after tamid. I think it should have been, it should have been one after v'shoketes. It would make it easier to read. It's like this. It makes it look like a list. Eno nacha v'shoketes v'nimshaches tamid. It almost sounds like it's talking about the same topic. But it's two opposite things. It's not <coughs> stopping. It's moving constantly. Right? That's why it's called a nahar. Right? So the idea here, the idea here is that it's constantly moving. It's constantly flowing. Constantly, you know, that's the idea of the nahar. That's starting. If you remember back in the discussion that we had from the Mitla Rebbe's Maimer from Shara Yuchud, right? We talked about the different levels of a of a river, right? We talked about the the depth of the river and the width of the river and the length of the river, right? But it's all starting somewhere. Where is it starting? It's starting by the Mayan. It's starting by the original wellspring, and it's flowing out from it, right? It's going further and further away. And the more you're going to bring it, right? We we explain the idea of length. Right, that the Mississippi River, right, starts up in like Minnesota or Iowa or wherever it goes, starts from. No, I think it's higher than Iowa. I think it's up in Minnesota, right? And it flows all the way down to New Orleans or whatever in Louisiana somewhere over there, where it makes a delta over the Mississippi Delta, right? The idea is it's very far away from its original source, right? The same thing is when you bring a muscle for an idea. It's so far away from the original idea, but it enables someone on a lower level to be able to understand what it is that you're talking about. Right? That's the same idea. Now, just like we said with speech, right? We went through this whole discussion about speech before, and we said how speech is concealing over the intellect. Clearly, machshava is also concealing over the actual intellect itself, but it's in a different way. Different in terms of what? Different in terms of the amount of concealment. 
Because when you are speaking, you're speaking to someone else. You're speaking outside of yourself, right? And you can stop your speech. You can start your speech. You can go either way. With machshava, machshava is constantly going in your head, right? There's no such thing as turning off your machshava. It's constantly flowing, right? And therefore, and therefore, it's also, not therefore, but it's also in a much more panemistic way, right? The, the concealment of the kalim or the osios of machshava are on a totally different level than the concealment of the kalim or the osios of dibor, right? It's much less coarse, the fact that, right, even though you don't and I don't, we don't usually, when we think, we're not thinking in terms of words, but very often, really, that's what it talks about in Tanya, that there are little letters there, and they are forming words, and they are uh, developing this. And that's what he says, They're also just garments for the etzim of Chachma. Similar to Dibor. The only difference is, is a much more pnimistic levush. But nevertheless, but really, just like we said before, the osios are a levush, they're a concealment. So also the, the osios and machshav are also going to be concealment. Compares to the essence of the thing itself. Clear? The only difference is that the concealment of my machshava over the etzim of my intellect is much smaller. The concealment is much smaller than the concealment of words that I'm using to try to communicate a piece of information to you. Right? And even, you could say, even the intellect itself is a concealment over the or of the Chachma itself, right? There's the or of the Chachma, and then the way it goes around in my brain before it even gets into Machshava. That's also a limiting factor. Like the way the light is in the Chachma is not the same as Bina. For example, for example, when you first, like, get an idea in your head, right? Like, all of a sudden you feel like, uh, like, a, like, a, like, a, like an awakening, or like, a, uh, like, like I always bring out the, the light bulb that goes up off, over your head, like all of a sudden you get an idea in your head, right? You have it, but you don't have it. Like, you feel like you got something. Like, let's say that when you're first uh, you look at it, you're looking at a piece of Gemara, you're looking at a Taisvus, and you really, the first time you look at it, you have no idea what it's talking about. So you look at it again. Now all of a sudden it starts to dawn upon you like what it is that is being written here. And like you, like you start to get like an idea. Oh, I, got, I, I think I, I like understand it. But you don't, you can't put it into words. You don't really understand what's going on. You sort of understand, you, you have a little bit more of a clarity than you had, you know, maybe 10 minutes earlier when you read it for the first time, but you really don't have it. You, you have to do is you have to somehow put that idea into words, right? Even in your own head to really understand what it is that is being spoken about. What really, you know, it, this is like one of the hardest things uh, when you say, okay, tell me in your own words, what was Taisvis' question? Uh, uh, I mean... 
Well, you said you understood. Why can't you say that? You just told me you understood the question. What's the question? Well, you know, you know, well, well, you know, you know, you know, you know, he's a few of those lines. Well, it's like sort of like, 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 like this, like, you know, you know, you know what I mean, right? No, I don't know. Because you have it, but you don't have it. But at that moment, when you really, when you first chopped it, like you did have it, uh, the light of it. You had the light of the, of the intellect, but you don't have it in a, in a way that is. Then what do you have to do? You have to say, wait a minute. I really don't understand that well what Toysus is saying. Let's see if we could put it into words. What is Toysus's question? Oh, now I got it. Toysus is asking, why does the sukkah have to be like this when uh, you said earlier in this mimer it could be like that in, uh, in this Gemara and in a different Gemara somewhere else it says it could be like this. And why all of a sudden are you saying it's going to be like this? Oh, that's Toysus's question. Oh, now I got it clear. But from the time... There's like basically, we're talking about three steps. You read it the first time, you had no idea what in the world he's talking about. You don't even know where the question ends. Except for if it wouldn't have said, V.H. Leimar, you would, oh, oh, that's the end of the question. I thought that we were still, you know. Right? Oh, that must mean the end. Then you sort of read it again, and you're like trying to struggle in your brain. Like, hmm, I I, I think I get what he's saying. So your Chavrusa says, okay, tell me. Just a minute, just a minute. I have to get it clear in my head first. Right? Like you're feeling the light of the of the intellect, but you don't really have the idea. You sort of got it. And then you say, okay, this is what Tysus's question is. A, B, C, D, E. Oh, that's it. By the time you get it to A, B, C, D, E, you've lost a lot of the light. A lot of the light of the intellect, of the thing, you've lost already because you've now mislabish it into these particular words. And someone else might come along and say, well, that's really not his question. <laughs> it's really like this. Oh, you're right. I didn't even see it that way. Right? I totally didn't see it like that. You're right. That's it. But you, you've gone from this light into these words in your brain into the words that you're going to bring out into speech to your chavrusa. Right? So you're, little by little, you're, you're narrowing it down. Now, it's becoming clearer at the same time, but you don't feel the same energy <coughs> as when you first get an idea. When you first get an idea of anything, it's like all of a sudden you feel like this, you know, this, uh, this feeling of like, wow, like I, I, like I came up with such a great idea, like amazing. Well, what's your idea? Uh, one second, I just have to work it out first in my brain, what it is. And it could be about anything. It could be like all of a sudden a business idea, like all of a sudden you come up with a business idea, like you got, oh, I think, I, I think I'm onto something here. And your friend says, well, what do you want to? Just one minute. So what we're talking about here is that each level, on the one hand, it's becoming clear. But as it becomes clear, you're losing the light from the etsum thing itself. Because you're narrowing it down, you're narrowing it down, you're narrowing it down until you you have it in such a way that you can hold on to it with your own two hands, basically. But once you're in there, you've lost a lot of the light, right? So it's not good or bad. It's just this is the way things work, right? So that's what he's saying here. He's saying here that you, there's the etzim intellect. And even in the etzim intellect itself, before you even get into machshava, there are levels. 
There are levels of limitation that you have to somehow work through in order to get it through until the point that you're able to pass it over to someone else. And each time you're just taking a step away, as you move further away from the essence of the thing, you're limiting more and more the light. Is that clear? So that's what he says here. That's what he means. Even in the hasaga itself, even in the intellect itself, He's concealing over the light of the Chachma. Like it is known. The light, the way it's shining in Chachma, cannot be shining in Bina. Because every time you are trying to reach it, the Hasaga itself, the verb of the Hasaga, here he's talking about it in terms of a verb, of doing something, of intellectually grasping something, right, is by definition hiding it. It's hiding over it because you're, have to, you're trying to hold on to something. You need an edge of something to hold on to it. So you have to like limit it. You have to put it into a box to be able to grab it, to be able to hold on to it. So now, oh, this is what we're talking about here. I get it. This is the idea. But to get it to that idea, right, you have to limit, you have to limit it. And you're losing the ore from it. Now, you can go the other way also. Like, for example, let's say that you're reading it, uh, you know, you're reading this line in, a, in the book, in some above, and now you want to meditate on it. What are you really doing in the meditation? What you're doing is you're trying to undress the words, right, in order to do what is known as, like, to let it, the light shine more. What, what, where, what is this really trying to bring out? What is it? And you're using your thought waves, and then you're trying to get to the etzim of what? What is this really talking about? Where Where is it going? So you can go the other way also. And as you go the other way, you are feeling more and more of that or, and less and less of like the constriction. In other words, many many people like they feel in this world like they're, they're constricted, right? So the idea of meditation, for example, is taking off the taking off the clothing that are constricting us, right? To be able to, to be able to understand, a, to see things in a different manner, right? That's why you hear like in terms of people that really are able to go up and out, they're able to see things from a different perspective, right? To be able to like go to a different place, right? But that's, what is it doing? It's trying to undress all the, all the osseous, all the clothing that's on whatever it is that we're talking about in order that you should feel the ore itself. Yes, Avram, what's your question? Um, I just want to clarify that we're saying that Machshava, we're not saying that it's still on the level of Chachma, so it's clearly on the level of Bina, right? Machshava is after, right? That's what we're talking after about. After Chachma, right. yeah. Right. Okay. What's Hey Hey? Uh, where? What we just said, Hari Hu? Okay. So he's then he says, V'zehu Nahar Mafsik Ben Bechines Eden Lagan. So this is the most important point that we're trying to bring out here. This is what we're saying is that, let's just read to the end of the line, then we'll finish it. So this is what we mean when we say that, that, that the Nahar is, is acting like a stop, right? A, a, a separator, so to speak, between Gan Eden and Eden. And let's go back to our muscle then. 
On the one hand, let's talk about it in terms of my communication with you. My words to you are on the one hand, it's like a bridge between me and you, right? But on the other hand, my words between me and you are what separates you and me because you are not able to get into my brain because those words are limiting. Similarly, even within myself, my machshava or the words that I speak out are on the one hand, it's making it more clear to me but on the other hand, it's acting as a separator between me and my etzim, because it's limiting the etzim. It's limiting, limiting the etzim in a way that I can hold it, right? But at the end of the day, it's limiting it. So on the one hand, you could say that a bridge between uh, New Jersey and Manhattan is a connector, but by the, by the mere fact that you have that connector <coughs> there, it's not it. Yeah? The thing, yeah, yeah, we're talking about the essence of the of the. Intellect. How would that be limiting? How would your own thought be limited? That would not be like a derivative of. No, because this is what we're saying. Because by by forcing it into a certain manner, you're you're limiting the light. You're limiting it in order that you understand it, and you understand it in these in this way, in this particular way, as opposed to, you know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, probably a bad example of this, you know. Uh, when person, when a person, and I'm not in any way recommending this, I want to say that with a big, you know, rated R, you know, whatever it is, you know, this is not what I'm, but when a person goes and, and he takes like some sort of uh, uh, drug or whatever that makes him, you know, go into a state like acid or whatever, LSD or something like that, what people say is that, right, I've never tried it, so, but the bottom line is, is that, that they're able to go to a space that is right beyond letters, beyond words, beyond because they're able to see the world from a different perspective. Right? I'm not recommending this. Please don't, <laughs> don't take this. But, but I'm trying to use it as a muscle for what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is that on the one hand, the letters, the words, act as a way of of being able to get what Toysavus is saying, to understand what's in my mind. But by definition, at the same time, it's limiting what it is that Toysavus is saying, or it's limiting the way I understand something. I'm understanding it in this way. Right? That's why it's so fascinating when you read Mepharshim on the Gemara, right? Because you see that, that one Mepharsh understands it this way, one Mepharsh understands it this way. So when you first read it, you understood it like this. Right? So you took the ore that was there and you limited it to like this. And then you read that, whoa, well, actually this other Mepharish totally read it from a different perspective. They read it like this. So now you have to undo those letters that you had limited yourself and then you have to go in a different direction. And you say, oh, I didn't ever looked at it from that opinion. And then someone else comes along with a different opinion. You have to undress that, that whole way and you have to look at it from a third way, right? This is the idea of how come that each of these letters, whether you're talking about letters of speech, obviously in a greater way, letters of thought, in a, in a less, uh, more of a subtle way, but at the end of the day, they're limiting you. They're narrowing it down. It's not a negative thing because it's enabling you to grasp a concept as opposed to like, you know, just being like this, like a you know, deer in headlights. You know, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's limiting. 
So, on, so what, what he's saying here is the bridge is the greatest thing. It connects you, but it also, but it also by definition, it distances you, right? Because it's not you. It's not it. In other words, New Jersey is not on the Manhattan Island, right? I mean, obviously the river is in between or whatever, but the point is, is that that bridge is a connector. But the fact that it's there, it implies that it's not it. That's the point that I'm trying to bring out. And the same thing with, the, with our letters of, of thought. When I'm thinking an idea, right, I'm thinking it in a very specific way. But it doesn't mean that I really grasp the, the, uh, you know, the essence of the, of, the, of, the, of the intellect itself. By definition, I don't. That's why I'm able to explain it in this way as opposed to that way. That's one of the hardest things, right? When you, when you understand an idea in like such a broad way and you have to give it over to someone. How am I going to give this idea over to you? Right? That's one of the greatest difficulties. That is the greatest difficulty of all of Hasidus. You're taking an infinite God and you're trying to explain it in words that you put in a book. How do you do that? By definition, it's impossible. You can't. You're trying to communicate... Uh, one of my uh, people that I really respect, right, Tali Lowenthal in England, he wrote a book. His, his dissertation was Communicating the Infinite. That's what it was called. Right? How do you communicate the infinite? You can't, right? Because by definition, once you're communicating, you're limiting it to this. But on the other hand, if you don't communicate it, you don't have anything, right? So, so you just have to recognize going into it. And that's, let's just finish here with this. That's the idea of of um, of what we're trying to say that Gan Eden by definition is not Eden. It, it's not the it. It's not the thing itself, right? It's the Gan, and yes, it's getting, <coughs> it's receiving from the river that's flowing into it from Eden, right? It's receiving the Haara, but by definition, by saying that it's receiving the Haara from the river, right? By definition, you're showing how much it's not the actual thing itself. The fact that there's a gun means that it's not even. Right, right. That's the idea. But here we're, we're focusing more on the idea, the fact that there's a river yeah. is that it's not it itself. Right? It's flowing from Aden, right? But by definition, that means it's limiting. It's limiting it. And therefore, it's not it. So what's Aden? Nah, that's, that's what we've been discussing. You have to go back and listen to, God willing, the 